Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I'm here with Victor Roman Sr. We're going to do rookie card dueling questions. Victor's specialty, it's something that's near and dear to my heart as well. I grew up before there were rookie cards and then when they were emerging, and now it's been a phenomenon for as long as I can remember. But Victor has really studied it. He's got more to come on that. I'll let him unfold that. But thanks, sponsors, Tops Panini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards. Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, and CompC.com. Victor, thank you. Sponsors, thank you. We're going to have a fun episode here. You're going to get to go first with dueling questions. We have some rapport built up from episodes before, so I know we're not going to run out of interesting things to bat around. So, Victor, welcome, and hit me with your best shot. All right, Jim. Thanks. Here we go. Any good hobby books that you would recommend collectors to read? Besides ones that have authors that begin with a B? I'm correct. Bob Lemke and the Krause, they had periodicals mainly, but they also put out standard catalogs and things like that. There were other things that were generated for specific sets that looked at T206s and things like that. I think you get an education looking at uh, auction catalog, but I think the hobby has been more of a, a hobby of periodicals, Victor. I'm not sure. I have a shelf full of books. I got this book from this guy on post serial cards. That was a lot of fun, but that's not a, a broad appeal, but it was very well done. Another guy did a book on food issues. Again, not limited interest, but I think the format for today is more periodicals, blogging, podcasting. That's where people are getting their information now, but I've got a shelf full of books. And unfortunately, most of them begin, have authors that begin with B (laughs) and I have uh, plenty of those. So anyway, that's, that's a tough question. I'll have to think about that some more and, and maybe I'll come back to that. Okay. okay, for you, what was the highlight of the national for you? Are you strictly you're an all-time great guy, but you're the you're the rookie cards? Were you on uh were you on a research mission? Were you did you have a want list? What were your objectives at the national this year in Chicago, which was uh, a big success by all accounts? Oh my goodness, yes. I went into it. I, I wanted to my main objective was to speak to some of the more seasoned collectors and more seasoned dealers that were there to get, you have done an excellent job at giving us the evolution of the rookie card from say 1980 forward. What I was looking for, how did the rookie card originate? What is the origin story of the rookie card? And so I went into it with that primary focus. I wanted to interview, I wanted to speak to people who were around in the 1970s and specifically to that topic. And I'm excited to say that I will be having a video on that topic very soon. My secondary objective was to focus on my uh, set registries that I have. I have a total of 10. I have six of them that still need to be completed. So I wanted to stay focused on that. And I did very well as far as that aspect's concerned. Were you trading or buying? I'm a collector, Jim. I, I have a hard time getting I, rid of I hate selling. I hate selling. <laughs> I, 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 I love cards too much. I don't want to sell. <laughs> okay. Uh, your turn. That that was my question for you. So your turn for me. Okay. Can you give us a story on the most challenging time that you and your team had pertaining to the rookie card? And can you possibly take us back to how it was handled? Probably the XRC stuff. The We okay. had the dilemma 83 84, problematic. We've mentioned that Fernando and Cal Ripken had traded cards that came out after their three-player tops rookie card. But in 83, Daryl Strawberry, who burst on the scene, who was a phenomenal talent and squandered, I think, some of his natural ability. If he'd have stayed straight the whole time, he'd be a major Hall of Famer. 
sweet swing, but he, he had a card that preceded. So he had, before his 84 cards came out, he had an 83 traded a rookie right. extended a rookie card. There was a real dilemma that next year, especially because 84 Donruss was the first Donruss set really that was held in high esteem. 84 Fleer also was a significant upgrade from 83 Fleer and Tops was just Tops. So with Strawberry, you had this card that preceded it. And so the, the dilemma we had were these 84 cards from Strawberry not rookie cards because he had this card that came out in 83. And so the XRC was developed to try to hedge that a little bit to say, yeah, these are rookie cards, but you need to be aware there's an extended rookie card out there that precedes it. And there's always a battle of where people's money wants to go, where the demand is. They're all good cards, but that 83 tops by our strict definition of the time, it was not a rookie card. And yet, People were treating as such. But if I called that a rookie card, then mm. that meant the 84s would not be. And right. that would have been flying in the face of what a lot of people were saying. So that was, I don't know that was a crisis, but it, it was a challenge. Whenever we'd come up with a definition, that's why your work is important, Victor. As we'd come up with a definition, the card companies and the dealers and the collectors would read the definition and say, well, okay, where's the loophole? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, And they'd find a loophole and the card company say, okay, we're going to now do traded cards in packs. We're going to do yeah. these extended sets in packs. And then you can't say that anymore. So right. that was the problem. Okay. You've been involved with the Baseball Card Hall of Fame with Ray and Mike. And hats off to you. I think that's a great contribution. Really appreciate what you guys are doing. And I've not kidded them, but I just said, well, I hope somebody would do this with a football card Hall of Fame and a basketball card Hall of Fame, and a hockey card Hall of Fame. And I brought it up with Jeremy Lee you know, on his show. Wouldn't that be great? But I've never until now said, Victor, what about doing a baseball rookie card Hall of Fame? Have you ever thought about that? And again, there'd be some overlap there with the Baseball Hall of Fame, with the Baseball Card Hall of Fame. But what do you think about that? A baseball rookie card Hall of Fame. I, I love the concept, but again, because of that overlap, I would be hesitant on on doing that on the baseball side of things. On the hockey, I'm not very uh, knowledgeable on hockey. I have so many things that I'm juggling right now that I have not considered starting, say, a football or a basketball. But the idea is there, and it's a, a very good one. Perhaps in a future endeavor, I, I wouldn't mind taking on a project like that. I love doing projects of that sort. I just was thinking, aren't you doing that with your all-time greats blog? The tone of it, as I look through it, it's rookie cards that are... Yes exemplary and you're creating it you're not calling it a hall of fame but they're these fantastic rookie cards of hall of famers yeah yeah and that's the focus is hall of famers and giving an official checklist of the official rookie cards per se but yeah in a sense I, that is what i'm doing i just don't call that okay as a collector do you view inserts and parallels as true rookie cards i am a purist and so I, I make a distinction between those two. Inserts, I would say I lean toward no, because they're they're different design. They're not the mainstream set. They're ancillary. And some are easy and some are tough. I didn't want to draw that line. So I would say inserts, no. Parallels are another story. It's pretty hard to tell somebody that's a new collector, hey, that's not a rookie card. It looks exactly the same as the other rookie card, but it's rare. <laughs> it's serial numbered. It's a different color background or something like that. I, I think that's a fight that I would lose. As a purist, I would say, no, it's the base rookie. And a lot of people think the base rookie is really worth chasing because of that. 
but it's hard to say no. The same card with a slightly different design background with a serial number, I, I think I've lost that battle. Yeah. But inserts, I'm willing to, to try to make an argument that that's comes out in the rookie year, could be a great card. But it, according to my definition, I wouldn't say that's a rookie card. Okay. Are we on the same page there or pretty close? We're, we're exactly on the same page. Sir. Okay. Yeah. Was that your question for me? Yes. Okay. I have a lot of minor league cards and uh, junior hockey league cards, things like that, college cards for basketball and football. How do you categorize those? Do you call them pre-rookie cards or you think they're just not legit in some cases, but they're early cards of Hall of Famers and a lot of them didn't make it, but of the ones who made it big. So do you draw a line there? Yeah, I do. And it's really the model that I've really adopted from ComC. But yeah, anything that is a prospect or minor league or junior league, I consider those prospect cards. Now, some of my subscribers or viewers, they, they want to say, oh, you, we should split it up more. You should say minor league and then prospect card. I just think that the concept gets too complicated, an all-encompassing term that covers them all. And I, and I just call them pre-rookie cards as ComC does or prospect cards if I'm talking baseball. You know, I'm fine with pre-rookie cards. The only problem is when somebody has more than one, if they're a tops base flagship brand rookie card with an RC logo on it comes out in 2021, then what if they had minor league cards in 2020 or 2019 or 2018 or 2017 or Bowman prospect cards in 2016 or 2015? Do you have to go back to the very first pre-rookie card and then the others are just also rands? That's where it gets complicated when somebody takes yeah. several years to make it. Are they all pre-rookies? Because some are better than others. So I look at it, is this the first appearance in a major league uniform in a licensed product? That's a rookie card to me. Right, right. In general, there's kind of you know other uh, considerations. And then I want to see what's the first appearance of the player in any kind of card. But if it's a second appearance, if it's a year later and it's another rookie, he's got a double A card and next year he's got a triple A card. Right. Double A card to me is better, all things being equal. That's just the way I looked at it. Okay. If a rookie card disagreement was present, who do you think should resolve it? A, the Players Association guidelines. B, card manufacturers. C, D, hobby publications. Or E, just leave it up to in the individual collector. That happened. It happened in 2005, and I was a, a big part of that. They were pressuring me that the answer would be F. <laughs> they, they wanted me to say, this is it. And I said, I don't think I can just do that because I think collectors should speak. And they said, no, no, the collectors will listen to you. I said, the manufacturers should do this. Well, no, no, the, you're the guy that has the price cut in there. What was the other? The Players Association. They yeah. were the ones putting the pressure on. <laughs> they were the ones putting the pressure on because they wanted me to go along with the fact that it couldn't be a rookie card if they weren't a member of the PA. And then they had to have service and, and all that stuff. And so I said, well, that, that's it's your job to police the manufacturers to get them to Correct. put out cards. They shouldn't put out cards that are not for whatever reasons. And the hobby, and so then I saw the hobby and they said, no, no, you there, there is no, there's no definitive hobby. It's just, it's amorphous. <laughs> they, they didn't say I was the hobby. They said, you have a lot of influence. Why don't you uh, just make a decree? I said, I don't, I don't have that power. And they said, well, why don't you just try it? That's not my personality. But eventually, and then it, it's right around in there. It's actually 2004. 
And I sold the company in 2005. And then the players association, leagues, the manufacturers, they did have an agreement and, and our company went along with it that they were going to have an RC logo that would be restricted. And I said, well, that's going to be challenging because you've got all these grandfathered things in. They said, well, we're not going to worry about that. But so going forward, it's your prerogative. If you want to be rookie cards, put RC on them. That's what they've done. Awesome. Rookie card dueling questions. That was fun, Victor. <laughs> we'll do it again. I'm looking forward to seeing some of your other materials as you go deeper because it's working both ways. The history is evolving as we speak and you're trying to inquire of me and others. Unfortunately, there aren't as many people from the 70s, but I think you're starting in the right place with talking to some uh, really quality dealers who are there and I hope I can be helpful as well. So thanks, Victor Roman Sr. Uh, Got it. All you rookie card collectors out there, which is almost everybody, it seems, enjoy. There's something other than rookie cards, but rookie cards certainly have been the big story for probably close to four decades now. Four decades, yeah. So thanks, Victor. Thanks, everybody. Be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man.